Welcome to Coastal Front. Join us each week as we sit down with the movers and shakers of Vancouver to discuss stories of business, politics, accomplishment, and failure. Our aim is to keep you dialed into what matters most in our city. Now, here's your host, Andrew Johns. Well, Prem Gill from Creative BC, thanks for coming into our show today. Yeah, thanks for inviting me, Andrew. Happy to be here. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited because uh, I, I had never, as I mentioned to you a few minutes ago, I'd never even really heard of Creative BC uh, until we at Ross told me you were coming in and we did a little bit of research and I started exploring your website and uh, man, you guys are got touch points and pretty much everything related to like creative uh, artistry in mm-hmm, the province, whether mm-hmm. it's like music or film is obviously a huge part of this. Um, so maybe you could start for our listeners mm-hmm. and kind of just giving an overview of like, you know, what is Creative BC? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Creative BC is an organization that was formed in 2013, but it was an organization that was an amalgamation of a few other organizations. It's actually been around for over 20 years. Okay. Formerly, it was called BC Film and Media. And it was really developed to support the economic development of BC's creative industries and initially just focused on BC's motion picture industry. And that really sort of aligned with the time when it was growing in North America and Hollywood North was becoming a thing. And there was more production, both domestic production and foreign production starting to grow in Canada. And certainly British Columbia was always a hub for it. And so it's an organization where we actually receive a grant from the province and we have a mandate from the provincial government, although we're a nonprofit society that is at arm's length from the government. But our mandate is to serve the government and the public in supporting the creative industries with a specific focus on the motion picture sector, which includes film, television, visual effects, animation, the video game, interactive sector, books and magazines and music. Okay. Wow, that's a lot of sectors. Yeah, yeah. and across that, <laughs> it's uh, running grant programs and supporting policy work and a number of things. Okay. Um, so you mentioned that you're a nonprofit society, but mm-hmm. all of your funding comes from the province of BC, 100% or near that? Or? Yeah, pretty close. Um, you know, we have some uh, administrative revenue that comes in from processing tax credits. We manage the tax credit programs for the province okay. as well. So the motion picture industry... Uh, really globally, there's tax incentive programs all over the world, and yeah. BC has very competitive programs, which has really been a large part of the growth here. Has certainly been the incentives that the right. province offers. So those are administered through Creative BC, and uh, we have a small but mighty team that supports. It's a six point two. Uh, well, we are overall the creative industries are about a six point two six point four billion dollar. GDP to the province, but the film and television sector within that's about 3.2 billion. So it's it's a substantial part of the the creative economy, but also the province's economy and the motion picture sector. There's over 40,000 people who work in it. There's another five to 10,000 who work in visual effects and animation. Wow. And that doesn't include the indirect jobs that are related to the sector. So it's a pretty dynamic part of the community here in British Columbia. And are most of those, I'm assuming most of that production is largely in the lower mainland? It is in Metro Vancouver. There are production hubs in like Vancouver Island has really become a hub. There was a recent series called C that was on Apple TV as part of their launch. Oh, wow. With uh, starring Jason Momoa. C-E-A? C as in C-E-E. Oh, C, like to see visual C. There's a... Sight thing involved. Yeah. So if you haven't seen yeah. it, you should uh, use your seven day trial and uh, 
Apple TV and check it out. Um, so Vancouver Island, Victoria, North Island, as well as Kelowna, the interior. Yeah. Often uh, we have great locations all all across the province. So we, um, you know, people like to come here because they can have both deserts and forests and right. beaches and urban. We've yeah. got it all. Yeah. Wow. That's really neat. Now, if, if I go back, and this is, how long have you been the CEO for Creative BC? Just now? over four years. Just over four years? Okay. So this is obviously before your time, but I, I'm not going to age myself or date myself a little bit here, but I remember back when the only production pretty much in Vancouver was 21 Jump Street. Remember yeah, that show? Yeah, I do remember that show, yes. <laughs> With uh, Johnny Depp? Yes. And, um, and, and so I recall there was a time which, you know, Hollywood North was really starting to grow. It's mm-hmm. kind of like, like, I would think it was a maybe like late nineties, early two thousands. Mm-hmm. If I'm, if i if my memory corrects me, is correct. But then there was a period that had a bit of a, a, a lull because apparently the province pulled or got rid of its uh, tax incentive program. And a lot of people in the industry were saying, you know, you're killing our industry. This business is going to go back to the mm-hmm. States. Um, and, and so then eventually at some point, some administrative mm-hmm. government, I don't know whether it was under the NDP or the liberals at mm-hmm. the time, brought that back. Can you, can you walk us through a little yeah, bit of history uh, there? It was before my time, but okay. the incentives have always been there. There okay, was a okay. time when there was a slump, um, when the dollar was on par, you know, there's oh, many factors. Was, right. So there's, uh, the currency, um, the infrastructure, the number of crews that we have and our proximity to Los Angeles and tax incentives is all a magical combination of things. Right. And there's certainly been ups and downs and, you know, who knows what the future holds. But yeah. this is also now such a global industry. There's so many uh, jurisdictions that weren't in the business before. So it has become more competitive. But what we have here in B.C. and certainly in Metro Vancouver is that we have a we've been in the industry over 30 years. Right. We have really experienced and talented people here who are doing the level of production of, you know, HBO, Netflix level productions. So it's often a first choice or first if you're not sh- uh, producing a program out of Los Angeles or New York, it's usually Vancouver or Toronto that you're looking at. Right. But we also have, you know, a very dynamic domestic industry of people telling stories in Canada as well that we are always trying to, that's a large part of our mandate is that we also, we serve um, everybody across the sector and the foreign service industry has been fantastic to help grow our talent base and and experience, and they're always looking, how can we also support more Canadian content and okay. the diversity of stories that people here have to tell? And is that part of your mandate? Like I know with the CRT, I think it's the CRTC, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, there's a certain amount of requirements. Like if you were a public broadcaster and then in radio, you have to play a certain amount of Canadian content. Yeah. But you're not funded by the federal government. You're funded by the BC government. Is there any kind of requirements around supporting BC artists? Yeah, a- absolutely. I mean, that's okay. really... The core, the heart and soul of what we do is supporting BC talent. So even, uh, you know, our tax credit programs uh, are large. They're all focused on um, people who residents in BC. That's how you can benefit. If you want to leverage those programs, you have to hire British Columbians. So So what are the thresholds? I mean, this is really interesting for Mm -hmm. me, Prem, because um, in the world I work in, in the financial services industry, there's a a, a whole area in mining and oil and gas Mm -hmm. referred to as uh, flow through. And I remember when I first got mm-hmm. into this industry, there was a short window of time where there were these flow through equivalents in the film industry mm-hmm. where you as an investor, individual investor, mm-hmm. could put money into a project that was going to be built in the, it was going to support the film industry and you got tax credits for it. Yeah. Um, so can you, 
can you do you mind taking a minute to dive sure. a little bit more I mean, into it, the I can tell you um, a little bit about it. So, yeah. the, you know, the tax incentives are really a percentage of a salary for qualifying labor for a British Columbia resident. You basically can recoup that through okay. the CRA at once you file your taxes. Creative BC is the organization that will certify your production so that if you say, you know, $5,000 of these wages are British Columbia residents who qualify within the qualifying labor, the job types of jobs, yeah. then you would get that percentage back at the end of your tax filing. Oh, I see. So that's a very simplified, you know, gotcha. way to, I know you have more in-depth yeah, yeah. financial. No, I like layman's. This but is, that's, uh, that's, that's sort of that, that's basically the description, but all this to say, it all kind of ties back together on supporting the talent and the development here to creating, you know, long-term jobs and careers and it's certainly on the domestic side of the industry as well yeah. there's a lot of crossover in terms of you asked about federal well we look to invest provincial dollars to leverage federal dollars so we work very closely with our colleagues at telefilm canada the canada media fund the canadian broadcasters are triggers for productions to happen uh domestically we have a, a local show that's or a canadian show for Global that will be starting production shortly here in BC called Family Law, uh, done by a local production company called Lark Productions, and they did a show previously called Motive. So there's it's a very dynamic industry. It's changing almost on a daily basis because the global demand for content seems to be insatiable. We have, you know, we now have producers productions that are producing for Netflix and Amazon and Apple and Facebook, and they've all been in oh, BC, Facebook's getting the game? Quibi, you know, yeah. all of these new platforms. And they're yeah. all, um, you know, looking to really use the talent in British Columbia to help create content for okay. them. Okay. Okay. So going to these tax credits, are they related only specifically to um, wages or yes. are there? Oh, okay. Yeah. So in other provinces, so, it's different. Okay. But the provincial credit and the fat. Uh, federal credit for British Columbia mirror each other. In some provinces, it's an all-in credit. So that means yeah. ev- all the anything you spend and all spend. Um, yeah. But I think the BC credit is very clean and straightforward and focused on yeah. job creation. Yeah. And ultimately, you know, those people, you know, live, work and play here and their families yeah. grow and all, all of that kind of stuff. So it's... Uh, it's uh, very easy also internationally uh, to kind of help people understand that there's usually no gray lines, you know, it's a, yeah. it's a person who is a resident yeah. and a portion of their labor qualifies, their salary qualifies for a credit. And what would be like, if I was say, for example, if I was a, uh, a furniture manufacturer in BC mm-hmm. and I was selling direct to consumers and I want to do a TV ad and I wanted to hire a local actor, like, would that be an example of, or, or what, what is it, what, what qualifies um, well, commercials be... actually don't qualify, don't, okay. no. <laughs> so okay. that's very clear. Yeah, um, but a production like um, Riverdale, they shoot all right. over British Columbia, so it's the crew that works on Riverdale. Oh, so it's the I carpenter see. that works on the set, not the right. material that the yeah. the carpentry department purchased yeah. from the local right. supplier. Yeah, in some provinces, some of that would count, right. um, but in BC, mm-hmm. it's uh, strictly focused on you know your. Set decorators, hairdressers, grips, uh, gotcha. camera operators, okay. directors, and so it has to be for production of something related to like uh, entertainment type, uh, or it could be a documentary. Like if yeah, I was, if, if it's if it's going onto a qualified platform, right? Qual- so qualified, so okay. it would be a broadcaster, or it's being distributed th- theatrically. It's a feature film. Yeah. 
Um, so it's not just, you know, so there are very, which is why we have analysts who certify your productions because oh, otherwise, you know, you would get rejected likely if you didn't go through that process. Yeah. Well, you have to go through that process to, in order to even apply for it. Well, this is good because this actually leads into one of the questions I'm going to ask you a little bit later about like the vetting process and like, because how big is your operating budget at Creative BC? Our grant from the province is just uh, about two, 3.2 million. Okay. Um, so it's, uh, you know, it's, we do a lot. With, with what we have and then that's pretty our, small isn't it i mean 3.2 million that's yeah because i i saw your list of yeah employ like all these people work for you and you, you managed to do that on a payroll of like or not even payroll there's like yeah where's that, where's that list here this is this your team here that's the team yeah that's so we have i mean it's uh we have other programs grant programs that we run we have a music fund that's separate yeah. from that oh i see um we also as i mentioned we have uh we have recovery costs for administrating some programs. Okay. So that's outside of that. But uh, yeah, I mean, a lot. it's amazing what you can get done. And we are, we're really focused on collaboration, right? We, ro- yeah. we work a lot with industry associations and member associations and colleagues across other provinces and territories to really leverage what we have against other dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Ross, why don't we pull up that team while we're talking to Prem here and we talk a little bit more about, mm-hmm. you know, what different people do. And, and so within Creative BC, mm-hmm. you've got so the industry includes film like mm-hmm. TV and short films and web series, f- web series and, and yeah. feature films. And exactly. So, so, so there's like I call it I, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to now dumb this down. So yeah. you got like like the TV world. Yeah. And then you have like the musical world, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Which could be like from punk rock bands to like cello players. And and then is there some other areas too? Yeah. Well, many of the roles oh, video games, crossover. Said, right? Yeah. So many of the roles. So we sort of, we have a, um, we have a team that just is focused on tax credit administration. Okay. So that's about five, six people. And then we have a team that's focused on administering our music fund, which is called Amplify BC. Yes. And it was, it's 7.5 million for this fiscal year. Right. So that's a team of about another four or so people who administer four different grant programs. And they range, as you said, they, they support artists, they support company development. They also support live music related things. So a variety of programs. And then we have a team that is the provincial film commission, which is an integral part of the film and television industry and why we continue, why we thrive here. And we've been so strong. So when you have such a robust jurisdiction, it comes with a lot of challenges and busyness. So when a production lands in British Columbia, because we're such a mature jurisdiction, um, we have people, you know, there's people who are location managers who help, productions kind of find a studio space or you know put a crew together and there's various aspects but often there's a new production that or or they're not ready to talk to the industry yet so they'll call creative bc and ask us to read their script and give them a breakdown of potential locations or Mm. if there's a studio coming online you know let's say six months from now when they're ready for production and this is for both foreign and domestic productions i see so we put together locations packages but also kind of keep our eyes on we have over two million square feet of studio space in the province so we keep our eyes on what's coming up what's available what studio has you know if there's a large Netflix production, when is there a da- downtime so we could get another production in there potentially? So you're acting like a an industry advocate and liaison in a sense. Yeah, yeah. For, I mean, it's really, a, we, we like to see ourselves as a catalyst between catalyst. industry and government, right? So right. part of our mandate from government is to run the Film Commission services, which are a free that, service. That's on your website too, right? I think yeah, exactly. There, Ross. 
and um, the um, and we also work in a lot of policy work with with colleagues in all levels of government that are related to well, like Cadillac Fairview, where you're located in yeah. here. They would be. I know we've worked with them on, you know, often someone may want to shoot in your lobby or in your office space. So right. how does what's the policy that Cadillac Fairview has to work with the film industry? So I often see. we'll work both with governments, but also um, non-government organizations on how do you develop a policy that if you want to work with this industry, serves the industry well, but also has a benefit to your organization. Right. Um, and then also working with all the municipalities, you know, between Whistler and Hope. And then we also uh, support eight different regional film commissions across the province. So in the Yeah, that's interior. what I wanted to bring up here, Ross, because I saw yeah. that. Um, where would we find that on your on your website here? It's under, do you, do you know? Right there, Provincial Film Commission. Yeah. And we... Uh, yeah, there's, yeah, I just, maybe yeah, you can search for it, Ross, just let us know yeah. if you find it. But there's, I was, I was, I didn't realize we have these re- film commissions mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. there's like, there's one up north. Yes. Like, yeah. I where it was in Dawson. Yes. Creek there's one in, well, there's a, there's a, one in Prince George. Yeah. In Prince Northern George, BC, yeah. And there's also in uh, the Quinal region. Yeah. Um, and you know, they, obviously the level of activity isn't as huge up there, but yeah. certainly, um, often they work. They're sometimes like in uh, Northern BC, they're also the tourism office for the, for Northern BC. So they yeah. kind of do a bit of both. So they'll do that locations work and support in market. So yeah. if we have, it's the guy's name is Clint in Prince yeah. George, like Clint, there's a production that's interested in something very specific. We think you have it in your region. They're going to come up, you know, you're going to, you can give them a tour. And sometimes productions will contact those people directly, but they're also working with, you know, their municipalities and universities or whatever it is, or crown lands, first nations lands on, you know, the same kind of policy work Yeah, around working with this industry. So it's much more in order, you know, I know everybody is, you see the production shutting down your street or you walk out of your office and you have to go around the other way. Um, and it can be disruptive. So that's a big part of what our film commission work is, is really working with the communities and the industry to ensure that you're leaving a good footprint when you leave yeah. and that the experience of the community around you is great. So you have community ambassadors, especially if you're shooting in neighborhoods like the downtown East Side, like everybody is very sensitive to the reality of life right. around there sure. for people. So how do you ensure that you're not um, disruptive or disrespectful and all of these things. So there's actually a lot of that stuff going on behind the scenes. And again, it comes with, we are part of the discussion, but it really, you know, the industry, the unions, the guilds, the major studios, everybody's really working together on this stuff on a constant basis. Man, you've got a big plate to, of, of like you had a lot. Yeah, well, it's all those mm-hmm. smart people that work yeah. there that do a lot of that stuff. Yeah. But, yeah. Incredible. Um, so I remember, you remember that movie, Vanilla Sky? Do you remember that movie with uh, uh, Tom Cruise? Tom Cruise. Penelope Cruise. That's right. And at the (laughs) beginning of the film, he, I remember seeing him in an interview and uh, he said that this was one of his most like, you know, meaningful scenes he ever shot was Mm. when he was driving, the very beginning of the film Mm -hmm. and he was driving in his his car and he gets to Times Square and there's nobody around. And so, and they actually filmed like this was, I mean, wait, definitely before Mm. we, all the CGI and whatnot. And so they filmed him darting across the center streets of like the Times Square with not a soul in sight. And so they, they, for that production, apparently that was their most expensive scene in that entire production, of course. And there was some, 
really ash. I don't remember the number was, but it was an astronomical mm-hmm. cost. People shut down all that area and get all the people away so they could film it as though there was nobody in Times Square. Um, I also saw when they were doing, I was, uh, what's that superhero fellow that's uh, Ryan Reynolds? Deadpool, was yeah. Deadpool, right, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, to even hesitate, I sh- I'm probably going to get shot now. <laughs> um, so he was, they were They were filming something Yeah, they're here. doing a lot around lot, here, right? Yeah. Do, so they have police and everything. Mm-hmm. Do, do, who pays for all that stuff? Um, well, it's a combination of the productions yeah. and, you know, working with the city and negotiating with the city. And does the city um, get it? Like would the city get anything from yeah, that? Yeah, they pay for permits. So they need the, okay. to pay. You can't just show up on a street and shoot. So you have right. to work with the city and get permits. And that comes at a cost. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of we in the city of Vancouver proper and many of the surrounding municipalities. But here we have a very uh, we have a, a lot of really great people working in the film office at the city who are we're in contact with constantly who are delivering the permits and also really working with all levels of productions to ensure that they have access, but also looking out for the citizens of Vancouver so that you're not, that if they're going to close down a certain park or corner for a weekend, let's say that the citizens are informed and it's not uh, a surprise so that you're not just constantly annoyed at this industry. Right. So there's a lot of work that they're doing. Um, you know, we have, uh, you know, I think the current mayor and council are very positive and supportive on the sector. And, yeah. and, you know, Vancouver proper is the heart and soul of the industry, but it is, it expands out to, we have, you know, large studios in Langley now and Maple right. Ridge. And um, Once Upon a Time was a series that shot a lot in Steveston. So oh. there's, you know, we're just known as a place that part of our job is to ensure that you know, if you, you're coming here, you're making your production in British Columbia, that you have a great experience end to end. And but also understand the the guidelines and regulations that you're working within, because right. that can be, you know, challenging. And and, and, and um, is there a set of uh, like just is there a set of rules or regulations that well, there's, like, the, you know, does the province have? Like yeah, those? the they province do? has a film policy and that we're working right now with all various departments that impact that are touched is, is by this industry. Available? It is, but it's in development right now. So oh, okay. I think there is something on so our website currently. This is no, it's or? actually existed for a long time. Oh, I see. But it's uh, it's a pretty lightweight, but mm. really as because the industry wasn't as large as it is now. Yeah. So it's working with, you know agriculture, transport, um, highways and different ministries on how, you know, obviously they've got really major things that they deal with, not just this industry, right? So if somebody wants to close off a portion of a highway, how do they approach it? What do, what's the lead time they need? And, you know, same with the Times Square, you know, example, like it can't just happen overnight. So, I mean, these are very, there's a lot of very sophisticated productions and producers out there in the studios and, and, you know, producers here in BC who know and understand that industry. So yeah. that's sometimes people ask, like, what does a producer do? And that's kind of it's getting all of that stuff sorted and right. having the team that helps. Yeah, a lot of people do don't even know the difference between a producer and a director. Yeah. And you don't do you, need to. Right. Yeah. You just want to go and have a great experience yeah. well, watching a it? film or a TV show. What would you describe? I mean, <laughs> well, well, the producer is literally producing the show, bringing yeah. all the elements. Sometimes yeah. it's financing or it's hiring the crew and it's, you know, keeping things on budget and on track. And the director is focused on the creative yeah. and just, you know, helping to tell the story. Uh, behind the camera. So yeah. that's really, you know, we call I guess them the sort best of, sort of sports analogy would be like the producers like the 
general manager and the director's like, yeah. the, like the coach. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. You can use that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned, um, the, the total production, uh, like for arts production in BC is 6.2 billion. Yeah. Well, that's Create, creative. Production. Those are within the creative industries that are, um, under creative BC's umbrella. So, mm-hmm. um, and then half of that is film. A lot of it. Yes. Wow. A big chunk of it. But, you know, the creative and cultural industries expand far beyond what our mandate is. This doesn't include performing arts or architecture or photography right. or design. Um, you know, we have like the Push Festival starts next week and it's a, you know, large festival about performing arts. That doesn't come with it. That does type of stuff doesn't fall under our umbrella. Oh, it doesn't. OK. No. Yeah. Um, I, I, and going back to this, I just forgot to ask this question mm-hmm. earlier. The ta- what is the tax credit for uh, someone who's doing production in there? Well, it depends what you're doing. And oh. there's sort oh, of different. So there's a production services tax credit that a lot of foreign productions access. There is um, a tax credit specifically for BC productions. And there's a visual effects and animation credit. So it's different percentages, which mm-hmm. is far easier to look at on a website than is that publicly available? Yeah, yeah, it's all on our website. I mean, it's all yeah. public information. And if there's anybody who's, you know, looking to learn more, if you if the information isn't on um, the website, there's lots of great people who can help answer those questions. Right. Yeah. So if I hired Ryan Reynolds, because he's from BC, mm-hmm. and I paid him a million bucks to be uh, in a little video of mine that's not a commercial, did, would he qualify for tax credits? Well, if it's on a uh, service, like if it's if you're doing it for Netflix and you yeah. have a budget from Netflix, yeah, and uh, you like, know Ryan is a Canadian citizen, so yeah. there's a certain percentage. Yeah, but it's not that simple. It's no. not just yeah. a. Like and if you have a million dollars to play Ryan Reynolds, put make a great Canadian feature film. Yeah, that would be a great investment if you're yeah. looking for <laughs> yeah <laughs> somewhere to invest. I'm just wondering and, if like one of the reasons. I mean, I'm just being a little yeah. bit. Uh, um, tongue in cheek here, but like, did the did Deadpool pool was part of their motivation of filming here because he's uh, well. I don't think it was just Ryan's salary yeah. that was probably a consideration. I yeah. think it was a lot of the other crew, and, right. and he's from here. Maybe he wanted to be home for a while, yeah. and yeah. and you know, they're make a show movies. here. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty good movies. What, so, do you get a, do you get a little bit of insight on what's coming before any of us common folk? Uh, know? Well, we kind of have a sense of yeah. knowing um, what productions are, you know scoping and um but you know obviously that's all yeah confidential of course it is yeah I'm not um, but you. there's a lot of people on you know twitter and places that are tracking a lot of productions yeah. and and uh you know i think what's great about another reason you know who are people who are celebrities yeah. like to come up here is that they kind of can do their stuff and they can either go back to los angeles or wherever they're from on friday night or if they're sticking around town people kind of just ignore them right yeah. nobody's um polite canadians just leave yeah, them alone. yeah yeah i mean there's not a lot of um and we don't have sort of not everybody's not going to the same restaurant like you would yeah, in right. some other city or yeah. somewhere else or maybe they are i'm not part yeah. of it but, yeah. yeah um but i think it's uh it's just a very positive experience and vancouver is a great city it it has a, a lot of dynamic things going on so that when you are here and you have your downtime there's things to do um and i think that's part of um you know, that kind of creative class. I don't know if anybody ever talks about that right. anymore. The, you know, old Richard Florida kind of concepts of what makes a creative economy thrive is all the other things as well. And the accessibility to, you know, having a great, we have a great food culture in this city. Right. Um, you know, it's exciting potential of a new art gallery location or even having something like the Cindy Sherman exhibit right now. 
you know, that's really fantastic for Vancouver to have like a contemporary artist like that, in my view. Yeah. Um, and all these festivals and just, uh, you know, it's got a, a vibrant urban life that some people are interested in. Or if you're not, you can go up to Grouse Mountain later right. and, you know, go down the hill. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 We are pretty fortunate. That's for sure. Um, so when it comes to uh, these pillars, let's talk about this for a moment. So you have um, the strategic pillar. Number one is competitiveness. Second is growth mindset. Third is discoverability. Mm-hmm. And fourth is talent. Mm-hmm. Is Did you help write this? Yeah. So that was uh, along with, uh, you know, a group of about 80 people. When yeah. I first started my role, we brought in stakeholders, both our staff, our board, government, people at all levels, and industry stakeholders on what is the goal of this organization. And all of those things you described are really elements of through our programs, whether they're the tax incentives, the work we do at the Film Commission, grant programs, our policy work, that they're all thriving to keep British Columbia and the creative industries domestically, nationally, and globally competitive, continue to focus on how do we continue to develop our talent what's needed to keep that talent competitive in the world Um, and then helping people get to markets around the world so that they can talk about what they're doing, um, sell their content, grow their companies. So it's all within that economic development lens and how do the programs and uh, things that we do in our organization really help that thrive. Okay. Um, That's well, that's helpful. Thank you. So when I, on this, this is your impact report. And I see here, this is your um, production services tax credit. Is that related to? That's the tax, yes. That's okay. The big and tax I see credit, the breakdown yeah. here, like yeah. feature film, $147 million, miniseries, $750,000. The big one is TV series, $320,000. And then total uh, projected tax credits of five hundred and twenty. Rough of roundup, $524 million. And it shows BC budget of $2.8 billion. So does that mean that, that you guys are expecting $2.8 billion of production? Production expenditures. Expect, production expenditures. Exactly. And then of that, from that will be issued $524 million mm-hmm, of mm-hmm, tax credits. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, one of the one of the topics that has been kind of was up during the federal election, the kind of, uh, I know Jagmeet Singh was speaking about was the fact that you've got these digital companies like Netflix mm-hmm. and Amazon that are, um, pub their, they've, their content producers now, mm-hmm. and they're not paying their fair share of taxes mm-hmm. in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, now they are, it sounds like these are some of the companies that are also getting these tax credits. Do you guys have any kind of data that you keep to show like where these tax credits in the end kind of, I would assume there's a return on this investment because mm-hmm, ultimately mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. is. Yeah. I mean, there's, do you understand where I'm going with this question? Yeah. Like ultimately this is taxpayers money that's yes. being handed over to companies like Apple yeah. and Netflix to yeah. do their production. And then they're producing it, sending it back to Canada. Subscribers are paying for mm-hmm, it, but they're not mm-hmm. paying any tax mm-hmm. on that revenue mm-hmm. either. Um, so I think it's a fairly valid, valid argument. So do you have any kind of data to, to kind of um, um, support? Well, the- we, 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 there's two calendars we work on, which is okay. our, our fiscal year ends March 31st. And then there's, uh, you know, the estimated production within a year. Um, a production has up to 36 months to file for a tax credit. So it's never a true in-year 
picture. Right. Um, but it's both the direct and indirect. So because these are all of those dollars and those tax credits are going towards employing British Columbians. Right? Yeah. So when you're well, we have such a large labor base, it really is uh, the biggest. And those people are then paying their taxes, you know, paying income tax. And right. Living that makes here sense. and doing all that. So that's the. And yeah. That, so to be clear, that five hundred and twenty four million dollars mm-hmm. of tax credits, because as you pointed out earlier, is just for labor. Yes. And so those are people that are getting a T4 and they're paying tax exactly. on that money. Exactly. And, and, and I know you said that it varies based on that because on your website yeah. you have a, but can you give a rough estimate of like, what's the high and the low of what these tax credits can look like? Well, if it's. Uh, In percentage terms. Right? Yeah. It's the production services tax credit is yeah. 28%. So okay. 28% of your, you know, let's say you have a 60000 dollar salary, yeah. 28% of that can be recouped through the tax credit. I see. So that's basically how it kind of works. But okay. it is, um, you know, I mean, this is a debate that goes on in, you know, uh, this industry around the world is incentives are part of the equation. So, you know, jurisdictions that have a lot of production activity. Like New York does it, LA does New it. New York does it. Los Angeles is different a little bit. They is do it? have a program, but it's very different because the industry is it's their industry. Um, but, um, you know, Ontario is very competitive. Quebec, um, yeah. you know, productions when they're making decisions on where they're going. Um, and also, you know, the support of those domestic productions becomes more and more important. Okay. I'm just running the math You have your here. calculator. I'm yeah, like, yeah. oh, God. I'm, just, you know, I, I'm not going to hold you <laughs> to this. I forget you're just, like, get, cord. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm, just trying to get a, yeah. I'm just trying to get an idea. So, yeah. But, but it, makes, it makes sense that of this 525, so for those people who might, might like myself, mm-hmm. look at this with a bit of a mm-hmm. skeptical view, mm-hmm. you know, I think it, you made a really good point here, Prem, which mm-hmm. is that of that $524 million that's basically, uh, you know, handed back to these big corporations, and not all big corporations, mm-hmm. but largely... Um, that are getting these tax credits, keep in mind that that's money that is actually, uh, uh, it's associated with people who are actually getting, like they can basically afford to buy more labor. Yes, so to speak. Exactly. Right. Like exactly. You, you know, they can, and that's why we like to say we're a soup to nuts jurisdiction where you can do all aspects of your production. Right. right. You can, <laughs> Suits to nuts, you can hire your, um, you can do your visual effects. You can do your post-production. You can do your editing here. You can do your actual production. You can hire actors. You can right. hire local directors, right? Like there's a lot of... And do these... Have you know, Do you have any data to show that because you have an incentive or because there's a tax credit associated mm-hmm, with hiring mm-hmm. local labor that a production company won't necessarily go and try and... I mean, you know, short of like the big names out there that are yeah. the part of the feature film, but like they'll go and find local actors versus finding recruiting people from LA because they can get those tax credits. Yeah. In some cases. Yeah. Especially for, um, you know, sometimes maybe not the lead roles, but there's a lot of other roles in a production. Yeah. You know, it's really, if they are, if they're not doing that, then they're not necessarily doing it for the incentive programs. It's because they're making a creative decision because they want to be, you know, in a location like Squamish or somewhere. Yeah. Um, you know, if you look at like HBO productions for the large part, from what I've seen, they make decisions not just on this part. It depends who you talk to in an, in an organization, right? Whether, yeah. you're, you know, in a Disney or whatever, there's different departments who are part of the decision making on where production will go. Yeah. And then it's also the availability of studio space. And do you have the experienced crew? And that's what I always come back to is these things are all a big part of the equation. But if we didn't have the talent, 
around here who could deliver on it, yeah. they wouldn't be doing stuff here because you have to have, you know, I've been to sets for shows like Riverdale and The Flash and um, Sabrina most recently. And there's such like even the the set decorating to the uh, the years and years of experience of the crews. Um, it's it takes a lot of people. And I think that's what you sometimes forget is that it's a very labor intensive industry. There's yes. still a lot of people involved in all of these jobs. There's not there's not AI hasn't really come into it yet yes, yeah, in, yeah, in yeah, most sure. of the roles. Yeah. Um, and, you know, on visual effects and animation, we we're speaking earlier about um, Into the Spider-Verse, which was, you know, a, won an Oscar for best animated feature film. And it was made down the street from you here at Sony Imageworks. Like the bulk of the artists who worked on that were here. Wow. So that can't be underestimated, the impact of that. I know Ross is bringing it up right now. So Into the Spider-Verse yeah. for those. So you've seen it. Right? Yes. Have, and Ross, were you saying you've seen it as well? Or Yeah, I've seen it twice. I, I absolutely oh, love it. Oh, twice. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's oh, a great story. When did this come? This is the one that Dave ago. has been talking about. He yeah. says it's his yeah, favorite, exactly. uh, yeah. favorite Batman. Or sorry. And, and Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Spider- Spider-Man. Andrew, the soundtrack is unbelievable. You yeah, this is the one it. with yeah. Post Malone's yes. got that fan. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And that's yeah. like built into the, like, there's one, there's a couple parts where he's like singing, yeah. he's like an awkward teenager, and it's, it's really funny. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was saying to Ross that I popped yeah. into the Meinhardt's grocery yeah. store next to you on my way in here, and I overheard two people talking about, you know, a visual effects industry social that they were going to. Like, I don't know who they are. I was yeah. eavesdropping. But that's, <laughs> um, you know, it's sort of, it's, all over, like yeah. everybody knows someone who works in this sector, and yeah. and um, and that's a lot of people. Yeah, it's pretty great. Our our daughter has a, she goes to school. She's in grade one. One of her classmates, her parents do a ton, like their whole industry. They they've got a, a company that they do a, a set production, mm. and I guess they've been they're they're quite veterans in this mm-hmm, business. Mm-hmm. Like they're they're one of the ones that would be doing these big movies, and every year. They do. They go all out for Halloween. Oh, that and must be a fun house. And apparently, their yeah. Halloween house is like their people come from all over the place to yeah. go check out their house. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And those are the kind of things that you can't. That you know, as an example, a lot of those shows that I mentioned earlier, uh, they have a lot of vintage uh, elements to them in terms of their set decorations. So a lot of like they shoot out in Langley. Well, the Langley um, secondhand stores and vintage shops actually do a lot of business with those right productions even yeah. though they're not they don't qualify for the tax credit or yeah. whatever it is or the dry cleaners that are you know yeah. taking care of the wardrobe needs yeah sure um so it's yeah when you really start to think about sort of the or where the the um materials are purchased all of those kinds yeah. of things to build a set yeah there's yeah. a lot going all on ancillary businesses that uh, benefit from it, the industry exactly um what's the most I don't know if you know the answer to this, but what's the biggest production that's ever been done in your your knowledge here um, in, in the province or in Vancouver? There's, I don't know, there's a few. There was um, a Netflix show, and I think they're doing another season, I don't know, but it's called Altered Carbon, and okay. they built uh, it, a big set in a studio in Surrey. Yeah. And that was quite massive, both from the actual set and the production itself to the visual effects and animation that, or the visual effects and special effects that were part of the show. Um, is, is that the show where, like, the, you die but then you're reincarnated into another person's body? Type? Yeah, in yeah. sort of futuristic San Francisco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so if that's your jam, that's the yeah, kind of show yeah, you might yeah. want to watch. But there's sort of uh, – what's interesting is sort of the – 
you know, we had uh, The Flash and then we have Arrow and we have Spider or Supergirl and we have, you know, Legends and they're all and now there's Batwoman <coughs> and they're all crossing over and those are all Warner Brothers productions. So right. they're all interrelated yeah. and a lot of people work on these crossover episodes and different things. Um, so I think of that. It's not one show, but it's yeah. a pretty substantial part of the industry here, which is yeah. really kind of interesting. Um, and then there's really, you know, great films like BC writer director named Mina Shum did a film last year called Meditation Park or two years ago. Okay. Um, and her first film, which she did over 20 years ago now, was the first time, was one of the first things Sandra O oh ever did. And it's not a large production, yeah. but it has a lot of impact. Um, and Sandra came and so back. What was, prim, prim, what was the name of this? Meditation show? Park. Meditation and, Park. Okay. Um, you know, Mina and Sandra have a long-term relationship. So Mina came back, or sorry, Sandra came back and did a, had a role in that film just before Killing Eve started, right? So it's kind of interesting how, again, it's not about necessarily the size and scale, but sometimes the impact. Right. There is a film uh, called uh, The Body Remembers When the World Broke Open, made by, co-directed by a woman named Elmaya Tailfeathers and Kathleen Hepburn. And it just won a large documentary prize. And it screened last year. I saw it at the at the Berlin Film Festival. It was the first screening of it. Then went on to screen in Toronto. It then got picked up by uh, Ava DuVernay's distribution company. And it was put onto Netflix. So it's, you know, I like to focus on all aspects of the industry. And yeah. just the, the potential and capabilities. And the thing that's already happening here is that we have these amazing storytellers. And they're telling all kinds of scale of stories and you know, large productions to small productions. Wow. Wow. Amazing. Um, let's maybe jump for a moment to one of the things I wrote down here, which was um, a video games in the gaming industry. Mm -hmm. That's Is that part of this as well? Yeah. So we, through various programs, support the digital and interactive sector. So we work very closely with the industry association. Um, and a lot of work that we also do, which isn't just supporting the content, but the companies themselves. So companies can get grants from us to travel to trade shows or major markets. So I think next week there's a conference in London called Pocket Gamers where um, several BC video game companies are attending. And they if they qualify, they would have received a grant from Creative BC to be able to attend to, for business development purposes. So that's a lot of what we do with that sector is really focused on business development and access. Um, and we also have an interactive fund, which all kinds of projects kind of qualify within it. But it's also another, you know, part of BC's tech story, but also the creative industry industry story. We always say, well, video games are where tech and creative meet. And it's, uh, you know, also remains a very strong sector in, yeah. in BC and and a lot. And sometimes they do cross over some of the talent with the video or with the animation and vis visual effects community as well. Okay, interesting. So there's a company that I invested mm. very, for, for full disclosure, very small dollar amount mm -hmm. years ago. Uh, into a company still around called uh, Hothead Games. Okay. And they're a video game producer. Yeah. And they've actually grown quite a bit. They have, a, they have uh, quite a big team. They've got an office just before you hit uh, kind of Stanley Park at the end of heading down um, uh, Georgia Street. And um, now here they are. Here's a, these are some of their latest games. Um, so would would this company be one that uh, is supported by Creative BC in a way? As they for, might be. If they're yeah. attending one of these markets, they may have applied for a grant. So it looks like they're mobile. 
They are. It's, yeah, it's company. mobile. That's right. Yeah. Um, they, uh, there is a, uh, interactive and, uh, digital tax credit that's yeah. administered not through our organization, but through BC Ministry of Finance. They may, their company may have qualified for some of those yeah. credits. Um, but yeah, if they are attending a major market or there's a, a conference called SIGGRAPH that yeah. uh, takes place in Vancouver every few years, they yeah. may have participated in that. Right. Where, um, you know, we maybe brought in a delegation of international buyers or investors. Um, these sectors have also participated in the BC Tech Summit over the last few years, which right. also brings in a lot of those Silicon Valley and type of investors, things you're far more familiar with than yeah. I am. But yeah. Yeah. Okay. Are well, they doing okay in their uh, Yeah. They, I, I get their their quarterly updates. So they're still a private company, but yep. uh, their revenues are growing. They're... Um, their in their library of games. I mean, the the, the challenge in the gaming industry, uh, and this is not a comment specific to Hothead, but just in general, mm-hmm. is that you, you you know you have to always be creating something new, right? Like it's not you can't mm-hmm, it's it's mm-hmm. Uh, you know unfortunately not unlike a really a great movie that could have people watching it year you know think of like a name a movie like Shawshank Redemption like people yeah. still watch it today because it's such a great movie you know video games over time I mean unless you're you know got a name like uh, you've got an Atari Asteroids and you're bringing that back for mm. for nostalgic purposes so it's a tough business to yeah. for sure but yeah. I, I think they're doing yeah. quite well yeah yeah um uh what else I want to ask you about here oh that there's a company that you sometimes see called Lionsgate. Yes, is that a Vancouver company? It started as a Vancouver company. It was started by Frank Frank Justra way yeah, back Frank, in Frank the Justra. day. Okay, yeah. And then it eventually all moved to Los Angeles and is essentially an American company. Okay. Um, they just did a great film if you haven't seen it called Knives Out, which has nothing to do with BC, but okay. uh, I know Lionsgate produced it. Um and uh, but it all it did start here, and yeah. I think it was because Frank was based here and he was part of a group that started another company in the last few years called Thunderbird. Thunderbird, right. Thunderbird Pictures and Thunderbird has certainly grown. They also, yeah. uh, Atomic Cartoons is a, a yeah. branch of what they're doing. Kim's Convenience was produced by them, which is a okay. CBC show. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, this is a, I mean, it's th- a lot of entrepreneurs live in Vancouver, as you know, in, yeah. in your work and there's, yeah. uh, um, you know, you never know where the next sort of thing is. We have a, a uh, really interesting uh, production company in BC called Braun and Braun produces, uh, they do both animation and production, but they've also been involved in large productions as producers for um, uh, Joker. Okay. Really? They were producers on Joker, yeah. um, Bombshell, The Morning Show, which is another Apple show. Yeah. Um, if you haven't heard about Braun, you will start to hear more and more so about them. B R O N. B R O N. It's Brenda and Aaron okay. together, yeah. Bron. Yeah. Um, but they are an interesting company and, and sort of ones to watch. Yeah. And um, yeah, really great to see. Uh, it's not necessarily. Do you watch a lot of movies yourself? Well, I watch a lot on airplanes, I find, because yeah. I am traveling a fair bit. But uh, I just saw films recently because you kind of end up over the holiday season. Yeah going to actual movie theaters and seeing them. I was actually very fortunate that I was invited to a screening of the new Star Wars at ILM, Industrial Light and Magic, because they have a large visual effects um, facility here in Vancouver. Okay. And they are part of Disney, and they worked on Skywalker, the new Star Wars. And it was really amazing to be able to watch the film with some of the creative people who worked on it. Really? Yeah, it was pretty cool. Was that before it came out? 
It was the day it came out, but no they way. had a little screening. Yeah. At oh, that's offices. so cool. Yeah, it was. What a neat experience. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's just so neat. So, um, I wanted to ask you about this, uh, the, well, you, you touched on this, uh, Amplify BC. Mm-hmm. Um, so this, can you explain what Amplify BC yeah. is? Yeah. So it's a, um, it started, uh, in 2015, uh, no, 2016, the, um, provincial government at the time announced a two year music funding program for the BC music industry focused on various aspects of that. And in the last two years, the government has renewed it on a yearly basis, and it's been $7.5 million over years, which is a lot of money, but it's over many different programs that support the economic development of the music industry because it is a very, um, you know, we've had artists like Brian Adams and Bublé and Sarah McLaughlin, and they've all come out of Vancouver and um, really ingesting investment into this sector uh, to continue to not just to build artists like that, but also grow companies, management companies. Um, You know, we have a large label here, Network, um, 604 Records, but also artists that are at various levels in their careers to support them um, either through, uh, again, kind of touring funds that we that come through an organization that we give the funding to, to actual sound recording, um, to companies actually developing business plans to hire, uh, you know, how do they professionally develop more managers to support the talent? So it's, I see. and live music events. So, yeah. um, so what, what are the, uh, cause I, I went through this yeah. and there's a lot of really neat ones there. I have to tell you, there's a few I highlighted that, um, I was quite surprised by. Okay. I, yeah. I don't know every single grant off no, the top. No, of but course I don't. No, okay. there's so many here. <laughs> yeah. But but like there's one that I found and uh I just I like I randomly found this one is is called uh where is that one? What's this guy's name? Finn Wolfhard. Okay. Do you know who he is? I don't. Have you Are seen you that T V show? I I I, I this is a <laughs> second one I found. Okay. And he's he's got a rock band called Calpurna Calpurna. And they, they received twenty eight thousand mm-hmm, dollars through mm-hmm. Royal Mountain Records. Okay. But this is the kid who's the uh head actor for yeah. um what was that? Stranger Things. Stranger oh, Things. Oh yes, 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 yes. He got paid two hundred and fifty thousand dollars per episode. Now that's a that's a good program when you're seventeen years old. But my question is yeah. like how would a how would a band that he started because I guess he, I guess he's a, a Vancouver boy. He he's from here. But like how would how would a so that probably recovered covered some of their sound recording costs. Oh, I like see. it's it's not going to that it's it's to cover the costs of probably the recording um music video potentially. I'm not right. sure I'd have to sort of dig into it. Yeah. But um So is there yeah. like there must be an app, is there an application form yes. or something? Oh yeah, like that? there's a very thorough application with our uh, music funding. Um Is that is that online yep, as well? Yeah, the uh, most of the programs are closed or about to close yeah. as our, we come to our fiscal year end. But no, there's a very thorough application process where you're asked to submit a lot of financial information, business plans. Mm. Um, and then as you draw down on your grant, um, you know, proof of 
what you've done with it. So and these are these are grants. Yes, they're grants, and, and they're and never one hundred percent of a budget. You have to have some other funding in place as well. Right. So, to, so for for people to be clear, what a grant is is it's it's not a loan. It's money that's yeah. It's not recoverable. Non recoverable. It's um yeah. it's an incentive yeah. of sorts to you know help trigger new activity, new business activity for you. Right. I see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's there's just, there's a few on here that I just was quite. So who who kind of decides what the like? The, is there a, a like a committee? Yeah, or we have is, a very thorough process where we have first our staff does reviews of the people who are managing the programs, um, and then we have an adjudication panel where we bring in people from the industry from across, sometimes from across the country. If there's too many people who have conflicts of interest locally, mm. and that panel makes the final recommendations that ultimately come to me and our VP, and um, we do, do the final sign off. Like, there's like there's pages here. I mean, there's like ten pages. Like, are these all? Those are, are the ones that got grants. There's oh, like gosh, hundreds yeah. more that didn't. Oh, really? <laughs> so they have to review all those applications. You must have like computer computer machine learning to be able to get through all this. We I mean, had this to develop crazy. a pretty strong um, pro, uh, online. Like, process. do you guys max out your uh, your? It's you said seven and a half million a year. Yeah, it's always it, oversubscribed. It's I mean, government over, type yeah. of grant programs are generally that's pretty common. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I've never had a government grant in my yeah. life. Um, I, all I did got to get, I got student loans, I guess. Yeah. But that, wasn't, that was not a grant. Yeah. Um, okay. That's interesting. So, so this is a program that's, that was started in 2015 and so far it's been renewed every year by the former yeah. and current yeah. BC government. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So is there any kind of like, um, like the, when, when these applications are made, like when I just, that was one that really struck me because, mm. you know, this is a kid who's obviously extremely wealthy from his time he spent on uh, Stranger Things and to see him get, because this is ultimately, this is taxpayer dollars, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, mm-hmm. and so I look at that and think, well, like, does this kid who's, you know, apparently worth $3 million, does he really need $28,000 for his rock band? I mean, like, there's probably a lot of other starving artists out there that could benefit from that $28,000 than a guy who's worth 3 million. Like, does is there any kind of like mech, like a sort of, I guess, filters to say, well, like, you know, when you become a certain level of six, like I wouldn't expect Sarah McLaughlin or Brian Adams to ever get any money from something like this. I'm assuming that the spirit of this is to support. It's for a range of artists. So his band may not just be him, right? Right. And maybe it was before he was, the successful TV star or whatever it is. And it's a different line of business. Um, But there's larger bands that have applied and received funding that are sort of mid range artists or on that upper end. So, um, so there's no threshold to say like, Hey, you're, um, you know, you're, you're like, you get, you can use like Brian Adams. You, you've made millions. You don't need this grant money. It doesn't exactly work that straightforward, right? We're not, okay. we're not the judge and jury on your success or your lack of success or whatever it is. Right. It is, you know, does it qualify within this? Where are the expenditures going? I see. Um, and how many people are they employing and all of these kinds of things. Yeah. So, you know, a band like Mariana's Trench, which yeah. you could, people may think, the same thing but it actually hugely benefits them from maybe the type of producer they can hire right on they can bring in a and like i said it never covers a hundred percent of it yeah so they have to still have the other half of the money coming from another source whether it's their own money or and they have to show it in the receipts and it's all is there an accountability aspect to this like do they have to uh provide 
some kind of report yeah. post uh, receipt yes. of the video. Yeah, with all of our programs. All with of all programs. the programs. So there's you don't get your final drawdown until you've submitted your final report. Right. And then sometimes there's a back and forth on, you know, what does this actually mean? Can you provide this? So it's you know, that's it's a very I like to say our a lot of the work that we do is very high touch with our client base. Yeah. There is a lot of whether it's a five thousand dollar grant or a hundred thousand dollar grant they have the same amount of touch points. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, there was another one that came up here that mm-hmm. uh, caught my attention, which is Music BC. Mm-hmm. And it was just a one-liner. It just says, training and professional development, export and showcase initiatives, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. business travel and tour support. And it was $1.2 million. Yeah. So Music BC yeah. is the industry association. Okay. So they're a membership association um, for BC artists. So within that, there's... M- if you go to the Music BC site, you'll yeah. see the multitude of programs. So they will do. Um, so a large part of the you know music industry is touring is still extremely important, right? So getting people to international. You could almost argue markets. it's more important now, especially for these big artists, because no one wants to buy records anymore. Well, yeah, big artists, emerging artists, mid-level artists, yeah, uh, going to festivals, and you know they will go to a. There's a large music festival in Germany called Reeperbahn. And there'll be a BC showcase so oh. that if there's an opportunity within that, maybe a larger Canada context. So some of those international showcases are, um, you know, where they will feature like these four or five BC artists so they can be discovered by bookers who book all the nightclubs in Germany or oh, venues see. in Germany or yeah. in France or wherever it is, because you want to get those bookers excited about you so that they'll put you on a, so then you can do a tour. Yeah. And then the touring grants actually help the artists like, pay for the tour, you know, whether it's the travel costs or whatever it is. Um, so there's a multitude of, of things that they do and there, um, and then the professional development. So it may be a program with, um, you know, if you're a newer artist, how do you do proper financial management? So they may put on a workshop on something like that or bring in an export expert and, or how do you manage, you know, what are royalties and how do you, um, work with SoCan or um, this summer we brought in Apple Music um, or they actually came into town and they had a workshop for artists to understand how do you really leverage the Apple platform to uh, for discoverability, but also how are you actually making money on it and right. how can you work with an organization like Apple or a Spotify to do that? So there's right. a lot of that kind of stuff. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. So do do podcasts qualify for this type of thing? Because I mean, we're yeah. we're on we're on Spotify, we're yeah. on Apple, but I'm not singing. I'm yes, just <laughs> no, not at this point. No, no. Okay. no. Uh, but we do support. Um, not, and then so audio books, like you have to be yeah, literally no, well, singing. Rocking. Uh, yeah. So through, again, we work with the industry association, the association of BC book publishers. We had an audio book fund oh. to help BC publishers make their books into audio books. Oh, wow. So there is that actually. Yeah. Um, we also supported, uh, DOXA, which is the documentary film festival. Okay. They now do a podcast festival, which I think they just did the second one this last year and okay. I guess they'll probably be going into a third one. So they may have received a grant for their festival from Creative BC to be able to bring in some podcast expert to help educate the community here on um, you know, distribution, uh how to sell your podcasts, et cetera, all of these kinds of things. Yeah. Now you said this um Amplify BC was started in twenty sixteen, right? Yes. And has it always been seven and a half million per year? No, so sixteen 20, so from 2016 
to 2018, it was uh, 15 million over two years. So essentially, kind of that. Oh, okay, yeah. And then the last two fiscal years, it's been seven and a half. And um, has I mean, assuming there's must be like a a board or something like this for Amplify BC that yeah. kind of. Or some kind yeah, of yeah. So Creative BC has a board of directors okay. that oversees the governance of Creative BC and are essentially people I report to. Yeah. Um, and then we have an industry advisory committee that yeah. supports the work of Amplify BC. Yeah. And then we have accountabilities to government to many people. So that's yeah. sort of the structure that we work within. And we have we actually have a industry advisory committees across sectors. Okay. So it's been running for now, I guess, four years. Has, is there kind of like a, this, has anybody ever any, at the board level said, okay, it's been four years. We've spent, uh, I guess you'd say $30 million mm-hmm. to kind of help improve or foster the uh, music community mm-hmm. in BC, mm-hmm. which is, you know, you know, candidly, it's a lot of money, right? $30 million yeah. in four years. Yeah. <clears throat> has anybody said, okay, well, what have the results been? Have we seen a, cause I'm assuming before yeah. this, there was nothing, right? Or was there something different? There was very minor stuff, but uh-huh. yeah, so there's yearly reports that we're publishing. Um, We're just finishing an economic review that I can't share the information yet because it hasn't been um, shared with government yet. Um, But there is, yeah, we're always sort of looking at what is the investment impact, obviously, right? So is that, uh, and there's been a few economic reports done by the industry themselves that are available um, to show the impact kind of, you know, what it looked like before and after. And, and, you know, a lot of the creative industries, it is a long game, you know, like it is someone is working on a TV show that they're trying to create. Uh, It may take three or four years and three or four years of uh, you know, travel grants to go to markets to try to pitch your program or what we call development money to develop your show so that it's ready to be sold. Right. So that's a lot of what across the creative industries where a lot of the investment, it may not show in the year that the investment's been made, but the longer term and the tracking of that is what we're trying to get better at. And we really, again, try to work closely with colleagues and other provinces and territories and nationally to ensure that we're all looking at it the same way. Yeah. Cause right now we're not exactly, but it doesn't mean anybody's right or wrong, but trying to streamline some of this data collection and analysis of it. It's not as, uh, it hasn't been as, uh, sophisticated maybe in these sectors as others. Right. Yeah. I imagine the other challenge is that, uh, as a, as an entrepreneur and business person, um, like if, if I'm going to, have if Ross is going to start a business up for me that's going to manufacture these water bottles mm-hmm. um, and I, and he needs a hundred thousand dollars to do it and I give it to him it's a real simple equation like if he comes back with less than a hundred thousand dollars it's a bad business proposition if he comes back with two hundred thousand mm-hmm, dollars we've mm-hmm, got a great mm-hmm, business model mm-hmm. but I'm looking for him to just generate a profit I don't mm-hmm. in the end I don't really care how many bottles mm-hmm, he produces mm-hmm. or who he sells them to as a you know if I'm being really simple about this yeah uh, whereas this is, I guess you can't just look at the, you can't look at, let's see one here, like Lotus Audio Corporation with their uh, chip music concert series for $5,600. You can't look at it and go, well, did we get a return on investment? Because there's no, it, it's more about an experience, right? It is, but they're still reporting how many yeah. people showed up. Oh, okay. You know, how many tickets did you sell? Right. Um, and do these how people many downloads? Have to, yeah, they, they, have report, they have to provide they have to that, kind of, all that. Oh, I see. So, you know, that, that's what I mean. When you have such, uh, you know, I, we've had over most of the, our programs, like we get just for the music programs, we've had over a thousand grants, but only wow. like 
two or 300 actually get them, right? So it's a lot And how of, do you get through all that? Well, it's time. With such a small team, like that's <laughs> yeah, incredible. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's time and it's being very structured and using yeah. your digital platform smartly. Do you ever have to kind of almost rotate, like say... Like let's let's say Ross and I have both applied. We're both equally qualified mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. Uh, some kind of uh, grant. And you say, well, sorry, Ross, last year you got a grant, so this year we're going to give it to Andrew because we just don't have because we are always, as you described, we're always oversubscribed. Or do you just say, you it know, what, Ross, you're going to get half, and Andrew's going to get half. It just depends, and that's oh. really where we use our adjudication panel specifically oh, for I the see. music programs. Yeah. We might look at it and may have more insights on something that we don't yeah. on an artist or a company and. And sort of look at it from that balance perspective. And um, as you maybe will interview more people who manage government grant programs in the creative and artistic industries, yeah. they all have a similar kind of uh, process. Approach, process, yeah. Um, because it's it's also, you know, it's interesting, your water bottle example, because I always say nobody has ever made a film or a TV show thinking it's going to bomb at the box office and nobody's going to watch <laughs> it, right? It's a different kind of endeavor that you just it's a risk yeah. and you're going into it saying, okay, I'm going to develop these six projects and which one is actually going to be the hit, you know? Yeah. And, and you, you know, from productions that are in the tens of millions of dollars to lower end productions, you just don't know what the hit is going to be. And yeah. it's so many different factors. And as much as maybe there's, you know, AIs and algorithms that determine some of this stuff, but at the end of the day, it's the connection that you feel to a story or a piece of music or a book yeah. that is going to make you want to continue reading it or watching a film. Yeah. And that's what all of this is about is yeah. trying to really you know, feed it, keep feeding it because things are going to happen. And, you know, I believe that we as society having, you know, strong cultural and creative industries and people who have the ability to do this stuff and are encouraged to do it, you know, brings the whole economy and cultural and social and all of that stuff up in a different way that it's an essential part of, you know, being humans. Yeah. Life isn't all about just money and dollars and cents for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you make a good point because I think about two movies right off the top of my head, Waterworld and Napoleon Dynamite. At the time that Waterworld was produced, which was uh, Kevin Costner was the lead mm-hmm, in that, mm-hmm. if you remember, it was quite a few years ago now. It was the most expensive movie ever produced at the time. And it was a complete bomb. Mm. And the reason it was because, of course, this is way before CGI. And, and, and yeah. so they actually had to film it in the wa- on water. Mm-hmm. And that's why it was so damn expensive. And mm-hmm. it was, it was mm-hmm. a pre- a pretty much a bomb for the amount of money it cost. Mm. By contrast, Napoleon Dynamite, which I absolutely loved. Um, do you remember that movie? Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> um, just my favorite line is, the chickens have large talons. <laughs> uh, anyways, um, that movie was produced mm-hmm. by, uh, I think, like a, just a couple of yeah. guys that were like... 400000 yeah. was their budget. 400000 yeah. And apparently they sold it to some production company for only like $3 bucks. Yeah. But then that company sold it to a bigger... like Box a office was $45 million for that one. Yeah, incredible. Yeah, and now it's a cult classic, right? Yeah. Or uh, Moonlight, which won the Oscar a couple of years ago, right? Moonlight's budget was something like $3 million. Really? Um, you know, it's, yeah, it comes down to story, how your yeah. story is getting out there. And, you know, the film I mentioned uh, by Maya Tailfeathers and Kathleen Hepburn, um, you know, because Ava DuVernay, uh, if you don't know who she is, she um, directed Selma um, and uh, has a distribution company that's focused on distri- distributing film and television content made by um 
women or people of color or indigenous people in a very specific focus and getting it onto these platforms that maybe otherwise they wouldn't have access through other distributors. So it's really all of these things become very important factors mm-hmm. in getting your ultimate product out there at the end of the day. Yeah. And which is why international markets become so important, connecting with you know sales agents and distributors and all of these sort of things. You know, you're not just going there. You know, I get to go to some of these international markets. I sometimes don't even see a film. I'm just in meetings, um, you know, supporting our talent and making those international connections. Yeah. So it's um, it's uh, it's a lot of hard work for people. But I think what continues to drive them is their, you know, passion for the content they're trying to make or sell or create. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great. Well, before we wrap this up, just to summarize. So when we look at the at the audio, uh, sorry, on the music industry mm-hmm. in BC, there's no tax credits for music production. Correct. But people who are producing music can apply to Amplify BC mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for support. And I noticed there are different categories, like they have career development, mm-hmm, live mm-hmm. music, music company development. And I mean, some of them, you know, you can argue whether these are worthwhile investments or not. But like one of the ones that I saw was under music company development was used for um, upgrading a cashless payment system or another one was um, for staffing expansion. So, um, and people are, you know, these, these range in from a couple of like maybe $4,000 right up to like, there's some here that are like literally a hundred thousand dollars. Um, so there's an application online. For, yeah. I'll, I think most of the programs are now closed for this fiscal yeah, year. But we I'm don't assuming know, it's probably going to be here next year. We don't know yet. You don't know. Yeah. Um, but, where, you know, a lot of where, that. Where would someone find it? Around it the Creative BC website. Creative so com. I a lot of these things, you know, it sounds, it may sound trivial, but if there's, if a venue can improve the sound system, they can get more at, talent in there. Right. And more performers. And therefore, be a busier venue um, or if they improve the lighting um, or add more accessibility to the facility that brings in more audiences. Yeah. So that's, and, but this is where the reporting, I guess is very important. Exactly. Right? The accountability. Exactly. Have you ever had a situation where someone's received a grant and like, quite honestly, cause I got to think there's with it, if you're getting thousands of applications, mm-hmm, there's mm-hmm. some people who are not, being good players here and are totally bogus or they're not really using the money the way they should. Have you yeah. ever discovered that or identify yeah, where you had to recover I, money? Yeah, I would or? say some people, I wouldn't say bogus, uh-huh. but I would say sometimes they don't, uh, they weren't able to do what they received the grant for. Right. Therefore, they have to give it back. And you've had that situation mm-hmm. come up? Yep. Okay. Yep. Or they just turn it down, you know, because they're like this, we, we couldn't raise the other half of the money we needed. So we can't do this project now. So that happens. Oh, I see. Yeah. Oh, right. Cause you were saying that they have to, the, uh, does the grant money come after they've like, they kind of have to, it's a combination. Mm-hmm. It depends. Like there's different drawdowns. So you're yeah. not getting, you know, a hundred percent of it at the same time, but you're reporting along the line that, that triggers different drawdowns. Yeah. And that if the reporting is indicating like, Oh, well this were the receipts or when did this happen or why hasn't it happened? Then you, you know, that's what right. I mean about a high touch right, right. <laughs> program yeah, yeah. where you are in constant contact with the people receiving these grants and yeah. kind of understanding where they are in the process. And every of one projects. of these has that high touch, like whether mm-hmm. you're getting a hundred grand, or you're getting 4,000 mm-hmm. bucks, there's yeah. somebody 
w- within your team that's yes. got eyes on this. And yes. So that yeah. so Ross, did you find that to amplify BC's uh, application? Yeah, but I think they took down the application right now, mm. maybe potentially because it's closed. For yeah, the I year. think the program's just um, closed. But this is the it's just this yeah. is amplify funding programs and deadlines. Here. Yeah, right. so you can oh, see I the see. deadlines have all passed. Yeah. So oh. there's no. Yeah. So if they so when does when would we know whether the government's going to renew this? Like historically, when have they made that announcement? Um, like when did they announce it last year? Sometime before the end of the fiscal year, which is the end of March. End of March. So, and, yeah. Okay. So if they're going to renew it, we would likely know um, by yeah, the end of March. So. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then, okay, so that's uh, that's the music side. And yeah. then on the film side, there isn't an Amplify BC fund. There's <laughs> there's uh, other grant there's programs. Gr- so there's oh. um, uh, a lot of uh, domestic motion picture. There. So we have a lot of programs um, that support, like I said, the development of content. So we have partnerships with people like the CBC, where we do a digital shorts program that puts funding both from Creative BC and CBC um, that supports development of short form content, which is a, it's sort of a sometimes as a filmmaker, you want to make several short films or web series that become your calling card to show that you have the ability to make a larger feature film. Mm. Um, and the same with Telefilm Canada. Or if you are uh, working with a broadcaster like CBC um, or the BBC and they say they would like you to go develop this project further and they're willing to put in a, a certain dollar amount, we would match it up to a certain point. So there's programs like that. And then there's also industry initiatives, which is essentially sort of like a sponsorship grant program, which across the creative industries, um, whether they're festivals or workshops or development opportunities, which may also receive grants from us. I see. Okay. Yeah. So that's the film. And then I guess the other one that I, I wanted to touch on too, because I just want to make sure we cover all mm-hmm, mm-hmm. summarizing the cover. So you got film with the grants, music with, uh, mm-hmm. with um, Amplify BC. Yeah. And then you also have book publishing mm-hmm. uh and the, and the magazine so they also would there's uh things uh activities within those industries would also potentially receive travel grants um, right i saw that you had a another yeah it's called passports to markets passports to market and that's, that's where um the book publishing industry as an example a major book fair there's major book fairs that yeah, like is the important. magazine publishers travel support envelope. Yeah. So that would help magazine publishers attend the national magazine conference in Toronto. Um, for book publishers, there's a bit of a book publisher circuit. There's the London book fair. And right. I noticed most uh, of these are, are they, they all seem to average between a thousand to 2000 bucks, which tells me that's probably the cost of a a business class or not business, a economy class uh, flight to wherever it would include hotels. Uh huh. And it's, again, it's not a hundred percent, right? No. So, yeah. it only, so, you so if like, you if your ticket costs five hundred dollars and you you stayed with a friend or whatever, yeah, we would only pay fifty percent of that. Right. Right. Even okay. if you got, you said we said your grant was. was so higher. is that the maximum? Is it would never exceed fifty percent? No. That's the that's yeah. the max. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. So that's for publishing mm-hmm. which includes books and magazines yeah. and then and then there's the video game sector Is that- yeah so within all of it so across mm-hmm. all of these sectors yeah. books magazines digital and interactive film there's the industry initiatives program within that they can qualify for the passports to markets if it's a market that the industry has deemed they want to go to i see um and then there's grant programs for events like supporting the podcast festival 
the Vancouver International Film Festival um, or uh, being part of the Canada Pavilion at Pocket Gamers in London. We may support the BC companies to be able to be part of that by contributing some funds towards that. Yeah. So that goes across all sectors. Okay. Your operating budget's only, I think you said at the beginning of the podcast, like two and a half million. That's our grant from the province, okay. yeah. But but you, but this here is seven and a half. So you're actually having to hand out a lot of money that with such a small team. And yeah. but, what, but before this existed, um, what would all these musicians and musical artists do? That they, they just didn't have as much. Well, uh, they were working just, hard. They probably had other jobs too, right? right? Like there yeah. were, you know, people. There wasn't anything that hats. replaced this. Is that right? No, no, no. I mean, there was minor grant programs and Ontario's had a large music fund for many, many years. Oh, has it? Yeah. Um, So that was part of, you know, I think the industry here, it's also the, you know, the industry themselves lobbying to government um, for more support that they see in, you know, uh, that gives, that will help with a competitive advantage. Yeah. Yeah. And were were you working at Creative BC when they launched this Amplify BC? Yes. You were? Yeah. So that, but that was under the, it was launched under the previous yeah. liberal government. So it was uh, launched as the BC Music Fund and oh, then oh, has I become see. Amplify BC in the last two years. And what, what ministry does this fall? What ministry does uh, Creative uh, BC? Creative BC is supported through the Ministry of Tourism, Arts and Culture. To, and who's the minister for that? Lisa Bear. Lisa Bear. Okay. Yeah. Good. Well, Prem, this has been great. Yeah, well, Anything, we you did, did your research. It's, uh, it's great. No, this, is, this is really neat. Yeah. There's so many cool... So um, is there anything you want to plug here for uh, Creative BC, for all the starving artists out there that are trying to make it in, in uh, the movie or uh, well, music industry I, I mean, that you I can help? Well, I mean, I it's a very, you know, dyma- dynamic industry. There's a lot yeah. of events that go on in the province. Like, you know, like we support things that Women in Film and Television does. Or, you know, the industry, the Motion Picture Industry Association, um, you know, go connect with the unions and the guilds or there's great programs at Cap College and UBC and the Vancouver Film School. Like there's a lot going on. If you want to work in the film and television industry in British Columbia, there's it's a great time to do it. Um, But as I was saying, like more broadly in the creative industries, there's a lot of crossover and a lot of linkage. You know, there's composers that compose for film um we also you know sometimes they'll bring up music supervisors who work in film and television and they'll do a showcase of bc bands so that when they're placing music in a show maybe they'll place the music from that artist from bc so there's a lot of this crossover stuff happening that um is also really neat and that the industry drives themselves yeah we're we're this you're my first podcast of 2020 we're gonna yeah. get into music festival pretty darn soon it'll be coming quickly mm-hmm. um i know a lot of people my team like ross love mm-hmm. going to these kind of festivals mm-hmm. are there any particular festivals that you think people should really oh gosh think of? I, and I, I don't want to put you in the stock favorites, no not uh, saying favorites but are there any that are out there that are maybe uh, people should definitely think about or don't even maybe necessarily know that much about it uh, but uh gosh um well the documentary film festival will come up in uh may oh that would be neat um, to see there's also a women's film festival in early march um there's everything sort of gears down and then launches again kind yeah. of post april um there's always something honestly yeah. subscribe to our newsletter it sort of shows you highlights of yeah. events do you guys have like a calendar of events on your website? It's not exactly a calendar, no. but our newsletter will. And I'm, that's I'm, not I'm really our on, on Twitter focus. as well. Yeah, follow yeah. all of our social media. One thing I didn't talk about that yeah. I'll give a little plug to is Please. that 
We've been um, leaders in leading what we call a real green initiative, sustainability in the production industry in BC oh. and in Canada. Yeah, and uh, this is really important. We are yeah. the leading jurisdiction in Canada, I think, that are doing that have done this. We've worked closely with people in the UK at BAFTA who have developed tools um, where you can calculate the carbon emissions of your production. And we've licensed them for Canada through Creative BC and encouraging other provinces to join us in this. Manitoba just signed on recently with us. Um, But it's really a large-scale effort by the industry to become more sustainable, um, obviously decreasing their footprint and cost savings at the end of the day. So it's everything from having more electric vehicles. It's a highly... Uh, vehicle dependent industry and right. you know trucks and generators and all these kinds of things and bc is the perfect jurisdiction to lead in it where uh, the company that supplies most of the vehicles to the industry had like i don't know some like 10 vehicles two years ago now has increased their fleet to i think over 30 or 40 wow to serve the industry so uh there's you know it's it's also an industry that's very socially conscious and thinking about things much more broadly than just their actual work so yeah. i would give real green a plug because it's uh, something we're really proud of yeah great well that's excellent well thank you so much for coming on the show today yeah. I'm, I'm hopeful that people will listen because i think this is really insightful and um i hope we get to all enjoy some nice music and uh more films coming from bc so thank you very much yeah thanks uh, Andrew. prem gill uh, ceo of creative bc thanks for coming on the show today wow what an interesting conversation with prem gill ceo of creative bc uh, Prime oversees the industries of uh, digitally, digital mu- media, film, TV, music, books, and magazines in BC. Their organization is an advocacy and liaison for feature films, TV series, and oversees Amplify BC, which is a fund that uh, helps support uh, rising artists in the music industry. Have a listen. <laughs> 